So listen, it is Baptism Sunday. I got a couple of extra scriptures I just wanted to share with you before we jump into the message. You know, uh, there's about 10 or more people being baptized today. And for a lot of people that are here, maybe you haven't been baptized yet. Maybe you're still on the fence. Maybe you're still thinking things through. And that's okay. And for some others, you've been baptized for a long time, perhaps longer than I've even been alive. You know, and so I want you to know this is a service for everybody. This is a service. That I have a message that's going to help us even reinforce our faith. But one of the best things you can do as a believer, it says, uh, Paul says this in Romans 12, 15. Celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. You know, and so that's what the Christian life is full of, identifying with other people. It's their day, and I'm rejoicing with them. I'm rejoicing for them. I am ecstatic. Part of what that does is it releases a blessing on you. You know, Pastor Brian was just talking about in, in, the, in the offering that it's better to give, you know. And so we're, we're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm celebrating with you. And something, I don't know how it happens, but somehow you're blessed out of that exchange. And so... I was thinking about that this morning, and I'm like, I, I printed off this other one. I had to do it fast, so I printed off this huge, um, so I don't miss it, in this giant font, Luke 15, 7. Jesus continued in the same way. There will be a glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents and comes back home and returns to the fold, more so for all the righteous people who never strayed away. And uh, I, I printed that off. I came out here for brazen worship, and it seemed like heaven set off some bombs in this place of celebration. And I was like, isn't that amazing? And um, I often don't always get into it, but I mean, something happened to me around 2018. I got a little bit more prophetic, and I started to see some of what heaven is doing in the room, and just about every service, and usually I don't talk about it, but this service, I had to go over to Pastor Brian and say, look, there's all angels up there, you know, and you've got Colette jumping up, and I'm like, she's like a lightning rod. She's detecting the presence of God and going off. And then my wife, she got, she got a blast too. And I'm just telling you, heaven is celebrating with our people today. When that song, The Blessing, came on, all of heaven showed up and be like, I am blessing you. We are here. Come on, there's more for you than against you. And maybe you feel like you're in a battle, always in a battle, one thing after another. The scripture says the battle's not even yours, it's the Lord's. So give them your battles today. Don't let anything get you grumpy. Don't let anything get you down. Don't let nothing steal your joy. And rejoice with those who rejoice this morning. All right? Um, so let's talk about this a little bit. Um, to, to talk about baptism, I've got a few minutes. I'm going to go through this quickly. I just want to get there real quick. Jesus was baptized. Okay? So there's your example. The whole thing is about Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're scheduled for baptism and you're like maybe a bit nervous. I know when I got baptized, I walked in there. I wasn't nervous. But people kept saying, are you nervous? Are you nervous? About the 15th, 16th person asked me if I was nervous. I'm like, yeah, I'm nervous. I don't even know if I'm coming and going anymore. This, you know, they let you do a bap. You know, they let you do a testimony in the baptism tank. I was so confused. The lady next to me kept saying, "Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah." They're asking me questions. I don't. Know. I just said, "Hallelujah." <laughs> 
You know, I don't know what to say. All my friends are there. I don't know what was going on. So listen, if you're nervous this morning, if you're a little bit apprehensive or whatever, don't worry about it. I'm not trying to make you nervous either. Here's the solution. Think about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Come on. When you're all about Jesus, guess what? He's all about you. When he was on the cross, it was his father's will, but his father's will was, hey, it's all about you. Let's get, let's get these people home. All right? So Matthew 3, um, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John, John the Baptist, that is, at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John prohibited him, saying, I need to be baptized you, by you. And do you come to me? Think about how awkward that must be for John the Baptist. He knows this is the Messiah. knows this is the Son of God. He's here for baptisms? Everybody here is lining up to baptize, a baptism of repentance, and here you come? Like, what's happening here? And, and so Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Well, what is that supposed to mean? So John the Baptist just said, uh, Then he permitted him. He said, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense, right? And I'll explain to you what it means. A lot of this made sense after the fact, all right? And when Jesus was baptized, he came up immediately out of the water, and suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove. And the voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So what was this all about? Let's talk about this moment that Jesus had for a moment. What he was doing here, think about it, that he didn't have any sin to repent of. We know that Jesus led a sin, sinless life. We know he's the son of God. He wasn't born into sin the way the rest of us were. He didn't need to be delivered from that. And yet he underwent a baptism of repentance. Paul, later on, he was preaching to a, a group of believers and, and, and he asked if they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they're like, we didn't even know if there was a Holy Spirit. And then he says, so what baptism were you baptized into? And they were like, we were baptized into John's baptism. So this is like many years after Jesus' crucifixion. And so he says, um, yeah, but John baptized for repentance. But um, I'm telling you, but listen, Jesus baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptized. It was, it was a different baptism. So we know that John's baptism was one of repentance. And here's what Jesus was doing there. He was identifying with you. He was identifying with me. You know, he was not ashamed of our condition. It was not a good condition. Nevertheless, he became like us. We know on Christmas we celebrate the birth of Christ. So he identifies with humanity by becoming a human, fully God, fully man, all right? But that wasn't enough, come on, to enter into ministry. That wasn't enough. He had to further identify with us because he was a perfect man, and none of the rest of us were. And so he had to, by faith and to fulfill all righteousness, identify with us, so he underwent a baptism, saying, uh, getting in that place. He identified with our state. Now, he was still sinless, but he identified with us. And so I want you to think about this. Um, who are the people that you identify with? Just generally. I identify with people who are funny. 
I identify with people who are humorous. I identify with people who have some pizzazz. I identify with people I like. You know, I identify with these kinds of people. You know, I identify with the characters on Seinfeld. That's what I'm saying, right? And I think I had a problem in high school because all I did was watch episodes of Seinfeld. You know, at a certain point in time, they came on seven, eight, nine times a night. And you could just change the channel and watch another episode. It was perfect for me. It wasn't great for my homework. <laughs> but what happened is all the things that were happening to those characters started happening to me. Their, their personality traits I started to collect, and not all of them were good. You know, I found myself in situations where I would use their jokes, right? It, because I was identifying with them. Why? Because I liked them and they were funny. It was easy to identify with them. But Jesus was in a different situation. He was identifying with the sinfulness. It's easy to look at someone and forget all the other stuff. I'm like, yeah, he's funny. That's good. Jesus wasn't doing that. He was looking at the worst of it and saying, I still like you. I still love you. I still identify with you. I see what happened to you. I see what you've been through. I see what you did there. And I still identify with you. He likes you and he loves you. And he wants, oh man, he wants to be with you. And so when you're with somebody you identify with, you're happy. Come on. And so he does this in baptism. This is why, this is what enabled him to minister at the level he ministered at. This was obviously, right after that, the heavens are opened. It, that act of obedience and faith opened the heavens. Come on, when you identify with people, you open the heavens. And then the Holy Spirit descends on him. What does the Holy Spirit do? Well, in Acts chapter 10, it says that how the Father anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. And so we know power came on him, and we know the person of the Holy Spirit came upon him, and it activated him for ministry. That didn't happen until he identified with the people he was ministering to. Wow. That's how much he loves us. And so, so much of religion makes people feel like they're less than the clergy or less than the leadership or less of this. Jesus became the least of the less to identify with me and you. Whew. That's ministry. You can't minister to anybody you don't identify with. And if you think you are, you're just playing games mostly with yourself. Well, that was a good point to, uh, come on. So listen, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus said this, the greatest of you will become the least. You know, remember when he washed his disciples' feet? Come on, this is, this is the essence of real ministry. I'm not better than you. I'm not better than you, Judas. I know what you're going to do. I'm not better than you. <sighs> Washing his feet, bro. On the night he was going to betray him with a kiss. And his love was undaunted. This is Jesus, man. I don't want to get too heavy on you. I'm just trying to help you. All right? We find out that even in, in Hebrews it says, we do not have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, who was in every point tempted like as we are yet without sin, so that we could come boldly to the throne of grace. So some of that dives into the last half of this message. But he identifies with us. 
All right? And so he was activated. He was anointed into ministry. And then he receives the endorsement of his father subsequent to his identifying with humanity. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Come on, God is pleased when we esteem each other properly, when we love each other properly. We, God is pleased when we're doing what he called us to do. And so that's what happens. Jesus essentially, at the height of his ministry, yes, he was casting out devils. Yes, he did cleanse the leper. Yes, he did raise the dead. Yes, he did multiply the loaves. Yes, he did turn the water into wine. He walked on the water. Come on, he rebuked the storm. He did all these amazing things to demonstrate that he was the Messiah, but coming up was his greatest act of service and ministry, which was the crucifixion. We're getting to baptism. Baptism is all about identifying with Jesus and his crucifixion. Come on. And so, listen to this. Uh, Matthew 28, verses 18. Then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you, and remember I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so this is what's known as the Great Commission. It is to disciple, it is to go and baptize, it is to teach, it is to, come on, when you're discipling, you're living with people. You're doing life together. That's what Jesus did with his disciples for three years. Come on. He was living with them. He was eating with them. They were doing life together. And that's how he discipled them. And then he sent them out as apostles. Come on. <laughs> I just love this. So Jesus commissioned the church to make disciples and baptized. So baptisms, water baptisms, which we are doing today, these are, we're doing this out of obedience to Jesus. The church, the leaders, the pastors, the ministers here, we're obeying Jesus by baptizing people, and you're obeying Jesus by getting baptized. Come on. And so the rest of us are obeying Jesus by celebrating the whole thing. Come on, so Jesus commanded it. That makes it a matter of faith and obedience. This great commission was given after the resurrection. Jesus is raised from the dead, and then he releases the great commission. So let's talk a little bit about that resurrection. Well, obviously, before the resurrection, something happened. He was crucified, he was nailed to the cross, he died. He was buried, and then he was raised from the dead, all right? And this cross is where Jesus most fully, not only does he do the epitome of ministry, it is at this moment where he also dives into the fullest identification with me and you by dying our death, by dying in our place. I love him so much. I love her so much, I can't bear it anymore, I'm, I'm, I'm going all the way. He went all in on you. He went all in on you. He went all in on your family. It's all that matters to him is obeying the Father and going all in on you. He put every bit of him was on that cross. Every bit of him was crucified. Every bit of him died and was buried. Come on. And so he's identifying with you. The Scripture says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life. 
The scripture somewhere else says, the soul that sins shall die. And Jesus is like, I'll pay that price. I'll pay that price for Adam. I know he's crazy. I know he's, I know he's an alcoholic Irishman that doesn't seem to care about anything but himself, and he's a jerk, you know? But I love that guy because that's not who I made him to be. I have a different vision of Adam. I have a different, I, I know Adam better than he knows himself, and I'm willing to die so that he can see it too and walk in purpose and destiny. Come on, he's looking at you as the one he created. He's looking at the finished product. He's looking at the heavenly version of yourself. And he's saying, I cannot abide it anymore that you're walking in any less than that. Therefore, I'm going to pay the price so you can access it. So Jesus didn't die his death. He died yours. Imagine the level of identification that he did. And then because he was innocent and then because he was guilty of nothing, it was a matter of justice in heaven why God raised him from the dead. Come on. And so now enter our baptism. Our baptism is when we get to do the same thing Jesus did and I get to identify with Jesus. I get to put my faith in that man from Galilee. I get to put my faith in that man that put it all on the line and paid the ultimate price for me. I get to believe in him. Watch this. Romans chapter 6. Start at verse 3. Um, or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed into union with Jesus, now this is the Passion Translation, so it does a little bit of an interpretation there on that verse, but your King James will probably say something like, have you forgotten that those of us who were baptized into Christ were also baptized into his death? And so this idea here where you see immersed, you know, the Greek word for baptize is baptizo, and it means immersed, right? And that's why we practice full immersion baptisms, so that we can properly signify and symbolize the true experience that happens to us when we're putting our faith in Christ and when we're born again. But the, the Passion Translation, I like how it deals with some of this. We were immersed into union with Christ, with Jesus. And so the first thing you got to know is you are being baptized into a person. You are being immersed into a person. The best way to think about this is baptism equals identification. I'm identifying with Jesus and all that he's done for me. Watch this. Those of you who were immersed into union with Jesus, the anointed one, were immersed into union with his death. Wow. This is where the scripture says old things have passed away. All right. And then look what it says. Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried with him. A lot of times we skip over the burial of Jesus Christ. The burial is a formal, come on, it's final now. The funeral has taken place. The prayers have been prayed. The death has happened. The death certificate is issued. We're sealing the tomb. It's over. And so when we are baptized into Christ and we're baptized into death, we have to recognize that it's not just the death, it's the burial we have to identify with. That it's over. 
that it's done. That that guy I used to be had had a funeral in the spirit somehow. I don't fully understand it, but I am starting to appreciate its magnificence and what it means for me. So I'm baptized into burial with them. I'm co-buried with them so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. Come on. It can't get any better than this. This is square one Christianity, and you don't have to go to square two. This is it. This is the big show. This is what it's all about. You're baptized into union with Christ forevermore, and you have a new life. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. So now I have new life. He didn't resurrect the old life because there'd be more trouble. He didn't resurrect the old man. He resurrected a new man. Come on. Empowered to walk in the freshness of new life, for since we are permanently grafted in to him to experience a death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and the new life that it imparts. Resurrection imparts new life on you. If you didn't get that when you were baptized the first time, you can get that today. He imparted a new life to me. Eternal life, oneness with him forever. It's a victorious life. He talks about us differently after the cross. Come on, he talks about us differently once we become believers. He says, you're more than a conqueror through Christ that loves you. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What? That didn't apply to that old guy. you got to be a new creation to access and, and actually receive and walk in that level of righteousness. And it's done by faith. This whole thing, Jesus did all the heavy lifting. All we have to do is believe. Once we believe, he comes in our life. We're made one with him. We're brought through that death, burial, resurrection. That's what it means to be born again. I was born the first time, not so good. And I was put my faith in Christ, I'm born again, it's really good. Come on. And so, I'm not saying everything. (laughs) So listen, this is how amazing life is with Jesus. Baptism is a public profession of what's already happened in the Spirit, what, what we've been talking about this morning, and now you are publicly identifying with Him. Hey, friends, hey, neighbors, hey, everybody, I'm baptized. Come on. And so, uh, we're, I'm also baptized into His death, burial, resurrection, new life. So there's a great exchange that happens there. Jesus identifies with us. The Scripture says, he who knew no sin became sin so that we, come on, could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He identifies with us. We identify with him, and it makes everything new. Everything becomes new. The Scripture says, old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. This is the beauty of the gospel. At this point, I'm going to ask the um, baptism candidates to go ahead, and uh, one of the ushers is going to lead you out. I'm just going to do the conclusion, and then because um, we got we got some baptizing to do, and so uh, you can head that way, and we'll get that door open for you. If you need to change, you can get changed. 
get your stuff sorted out. Um, but as I finish off this message, when we're identified with the life of Christ, look at this in Revelation 1.17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though I were dead. Then he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives. Though I was dead, look, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and death. This is who we are identifying with. The Scripture even goes so far as to say, as he is, so are we in this world. And so that's why we begin to live a miraculous, miraculously favored life. That's why we know we're blessed. That's why, come on, we have confidence when things start going sideways. That's why we have peace. That's why we have joy no matter what's going on around us. So I want to release three blessings as everybody's getting ready, and um, we'll, we'll be ready to do the baptisms here. Three blessings. Okay. And so listen to this. In Acts 8, as they went on their way, this is 836, as they went on their way, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. He answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to halt. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water, and he baptized him. So one of the blessings I want to release to you is that, listen, if you weren't coming in here with the idea to get baptized, you can get baptized. You can change your mind right now. You can decide to get into that water. If you don't have a change of clothes, someone will go down to Giant Tiger GT Boutique and buy, a, you know, some $20 shorts and a $10 shirt. You might have a $30 ensemble, but you're going to feel like a million bucks. Okay? You can get in the water today. Those of you that are on the fence, maybe today's not your day, but maybe today is. I feel like the Lord is knocking on some people. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, anybody who is struggling or on the fence or maybe anxiety about this, Lord, I just ask that you breathe peace on them. Nobody here should do it under pressure or compulsion. Everybody here should do it out of thankfulness and appreciation. So, Lord, I just ask that you release peace for anybody who is in here, and the invitation is extended again. If you want to be baptized in this place, you can stand up now and give us a little wave, and we'll make sure it goes, it, it goes your way. All right? All right. How do you know you're ready for baptism? Have you placed your faith in Jesus, repented of sin, turned to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and are you ready to join a community of believers? Are you ready to go public with Jesus? That's the criteria here. The other blessing I want to release this morning, he then led them out in Acts chapter 16, verse 30. It says, he then led them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you and your household will be saved. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all that were in his household. In that hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. And immediately, he and his entire household were baptized. I want you to know if you're here today, if you're watching online, that God is a God of families. He's a God of generations. 
He's known in the Old Testament and in the New Testament as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so Paul says to his, the guy who had him locked in prison, come on, he said, listen, if you will believe, and then he prophesies, you and your family will get saved. I want you to know that that promise was not only for that jailer. God saves families. And so, Lord, I ask for the families of the people being represented here in baptism and the other believers that have been baptized long ago and there are still family members, Lord, that, that don't know you, that, that are missing out on the beauty of your grace. Lord, I ask that you touch every member of their family, that you save them all, just like you did with the jailer in Philippi. In Jesus' name. I pray for their family. I pray for their friends. I pray for their coworkers, and I even pray for their enemies. Lord, I ask you to save them, to touch them, to encounter them, to help them know you in Jesus' name. The last blessing I want to release before we get to the baptizing is um, Acts 19. When Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper regions and came to Ephesus he found some of them and said to them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said to him, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one coming after him that is in Christ Jesus. And when the people heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There are about 12 men in all. We see this also on the day of Pentecost after Peter preached. There was the initial outpouring on the, on the apostles, on the 120 in the upper room. But then he preached the gospel and they say, what do we need to do to be saved? And he said, repent and be baptized and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. All right, this happened several times in the, in the book of Acts. And so I want you to know, listen. Paul connects water baptism with a different event called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right? So the ministers today will be baptizing you in the water, but Jesus will be the one who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit and fire. All right? And Paul connected it. When, when Peter preached to Cornelius and to, and to that uh, group of Romans, guess what? The Holy Spirit fell on them. They got baptized, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. All right? And so we're going to pray that you're filled afresh with the Holy Spirit today.